Greetings and welcome to another edition of Braxton's Dirty Dishes. My name is Jonathan Pritchett and along with me is Braxton Hunter. And today we are going to respond to videos concerning why I am a wicked. We're forgiven, we're shown mercy and grace, and our punishments probably aren't as harsh as they should be, even within this lifespan. Do skeptics bring objections to the case? Of course they do. What's going on with you today? <laughs> they just don't like it. They don't like it that God is just and he has every right as creator to do what he will. God is the best explanation for the beginning of the universe. Of now y'all having to look at our faces, which for that I apologize. And welcome back. And welcome back. This is another edition of Trinity Radio. And uh, before we jump into talking about Wicca, witchcraft, and all the rest, uh, we had a couple of winners. A couple of winners. It's the first time we've ever had a couple of winners to the weekly Guess the Obscure Cultural Reference. For those that don't know, on the, the Trinity... The inconsistently weekly. Well, <laughs> the, the reason I didn't do it last week is because everybody knew the show topic because we are doing a two-parter on the nature of hell. And the reason why we didn't do it for several weeks before then or since the season started Okay, was... look, just leave me alone, okay. all right? Uh, it's hard to do everything I do. But uh, the, what we do every week hopefully, <laughs> is that we have an obscure cultural reference that is a clue as to this week's episode of Trinity Radio. And people that uh, correctly guess that uh, will get a statement of their choice read on the show. And we were talking about the nature of hell, and before we let people know that, um, I gave an obscure cultural reference that was a quote from the film Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And uh, you've seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Mm-hmm. And it's been a Years long time. Ago. It came out like in the early '90s, but I always liked it then. Now, I can't endorse it now because I don't. It's been so long since I've seen it. I don't know whether it's family. It doesn't friendly. hold up to the original. I liked Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's yes. true. But Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, there's some great philosophical type stuff in it. I remember whenever they they first go to hell, and uh, one of the uh, things they have to face in hell is their high school like PE teacher, and he's like, "Drop and give me infinity push-ups." And so they get down and they start doing push-ups. And one of them's like, dude, maybe I could do infinity push-ups if he let us do them girly style. <laughs> and the other one's like, dude, I don't think I could ever do infinity push-ups, which, of course, you couldn't ever do infinity right. push-ups. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a fun show. But anyway, we had a couple of winners. One of those was Michael Boyle. And Michael, I'm sorry, I looked for where you sent me a messenger with uh, your statement that you wanted read. But you won one time before, and when you won that previous time, what you wanted was for people to support their local police and keep them independent. Visit jbs.org for more information, so you got that read again. But the new winner, and I think relatively new listener to our show, is Marshall. And Marshall um, had a lengthy quote, so I'm going to read it. He won. He gets his lengthy quote read, all right? Uh, here it is. And this will make sense if you listen to the episodes that we have on the nature of hell. 
But he says, quote, The more deeply one digs into the scriptures for understanding regarding final punishment, the clearer it becomes why many godly pastors and teachers are taking out their Bibles and restudying matters that they formerly took for granted. For example, scripture makes it clear that God will resurrect or transform and redeem unto immortality and uh, incorruption, but scripture never hints that the wicked will be raised, either immortal or incorruptible. Instead, the Bible indicates that the wicked will be banished from God's presence and expelled into the lake of fire to experience the second death. Jesus warns of everlasting punishment in the age to come, and he also explains the nature of the punishment, as do Paul and John, among others. It is the second death, the wages of sin. It is everlasting destruction at the hands of God, who is able to destroy both soul and body. To undergo this punishment is to perish eternally and entirely, fully and forever, and to forfeit eternal life. The gift of God that throughout the New Testament always stands as the blessed alternative to death and destruction and perishing. And he goes on for a little bit further, so you'll, you'll have to forgive me uh, for, I think this may be a quote from Ed Fudge. Uh, he, he includes a, a quote from Ed Fudge, or maybe that's a quote from Ed Fudge. Uh, it goes on a little further, but Marshall, um, uh, we have to do a show, but I want you to know we appreciate and value you as a listener. Yeah, and I think that that's a statement that just sticking to the biblical language, anyone who has any position on hell can affirm. Yeah. Except for uh, the universalists. Yeah. And if you want to affirm it, you might want to speak a little louder into your microphone. Oh, well. But, um, <laughs> well, yay and amen to, to that quote. Okay. So don't, don't go to hell. It's bad. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about witches and Wicca and stuff like that. Um, the hell stuff, because I had taught a course on the nature of hell. I was a little more in the driver's seat there, but uh, Dr. Pritchett brought this to me and he said, I am bothered that there isn't a good, solid Christian response that I've seen to this Wicca stuff. Somebody's got to do something. Right. Well, and I actually spent 20 some odd minutes on show prep. So while he does uh, several hours, um, I put in about 20 minutes for this. And most of that was watching videos like we normally do and then taking notes, which... Look, um, I wasn't that bothered by it. The reason why I don't care to learn a whole lot about Wiccan stuff is because, look, it's the same complaint I have about apologetics. Apologetics, I mean, what, atheists and agnostics are about uh, 5% or less of the world's population. And apologetics spends 90 to 95% of their efforts talking to these people, which I think is absurd. Um, Likewise, uh, Wicca is maybe less than a million in the world, and it's one of those things that you shouldn't spend a lot of time on. If you just get their basic principles down um, and you understand Christianity, you can apply some of the same apologetic methods that we have done in this video uh, to your Wiccan friends. But what really concerns me about Wicca is this appears to be, when I was in, and I guess the movie The Craft came out the year after I graduated, and then a few years later, Wicca became a thing for young girls. Um, I have a daughter. You have two daughters. And um, this seems to be popular for um, young women to, to get into, more so than men. But one of the things I've, and, and, and men get into it probably because there's girls around. That's, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, some of them might be true believers, but really. Let's be serious. Yeah. We know why they're there. Anyway, but um, so I was looking at this, and when I was in high school and college before the big Wicca explosion here among uh, young girls, it was we all knew um, in college or college-aged women who were bleachy blonde psych majors 
uh, you know, they twirl the hair. I'm a Buddhist now. And then Wicca is the new, I'm a Buddhist now, you know. I, You're I, saying it's the next cool spiritual sort of thing. For young women. Yeah. For young Caucasian women. Yeah, and I'll give my little rant about this spiritual thing real quick. It has always bothered me when celebrities say, I'm spiritual, because it has no content to it. And with Wicca, there is some content, but not really a whole lot more than I'm spiritual. You know, like when Katy Perry said, I'm not a Christian anymore, and she did say that, I'm not a Christian anymore, I'm just spiritual. It's like, what do you mean? It's it's something you adorn yourself with because you're trying to create an image and... Yep. Now, I understand because we're going to say, well, this goes back to pre-Christian Ireland and other Celtic stuff, and it goes back to, you know, you know just paganism and the pre-Abrahamic traditions that we pull from and all of this kind of stuff. But really, your, your thing started in the 20th century. It's just kind of uh, taking a buffet-style approach to... They're like Baptists with systematic theology. There's kind of... There's the buffet and you, of paganism, and you pick what you want. Yeah, right? and you, you know? can't... Eat, there would be no way... They'd have no way of making a case that actually everything that they affirm it goes back to whatever source that they're claiming because, as we'll see, even in first-century Mediterranean world, uh, New Age beliefs became shared, believe it or not, among Jews, Greeks, everybody, yeah. Egyptians, everybody in this world in, it shared between themselves weird, what we would now call new agey kind of beliefs. So there isn't a one source for all this stuff. No. And they would acknowledge that they would acknowledge the, 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 the buffet style of historic paganism, just all not. And, and they acknowledge that, but there are a few identifiable principles, um, for them that, that, that represent Wicca as opposed to any other sort of traditions of witchcraft. Um, but they are still squarely in the tradition of witchcraft. I mean, yeah. to, to say you're not, you can make all the distinctions you want and to say, I'm not like those evil witches or whatever. Okay, but you're still playing. Right, their, because I think there is that's a your thought pattern that they would call themselves witches, some of them, and they would, but, but they would want to make clear we're not like those witches. And it's, and it's not even to the, there is an overlap. Like I asked Dr. Pritchett because he had just recently looked, studied this. I said, like 20 minutes. Is, I mean, it, is it like two circles that... And I watched the craft when That I there's there. a little yeah. overlap, yeah. but they want to be very distinct. I mean, like with Satanism, for example, I pulled up my PowerPoint from the Satanism class, which is not what we're talking about. But, you know, people think of Satanism as, ooh, Satanists, people that worship Satan. No, the Anton LaVey type of Satanism, the Satanic Bible and all that, these people are atheists. The only holiday is your birthday. It's all about yeah, you. It's right. you. Whereas what's called theistic Satanism, which has much fewer adherents, no, they're actually worshiping Satan. Yeah. And so there's not even really an overlap there, except that they're both doing whatever they want to do. Whereas with this, there is some overlap with which, like what we would think of as like in the movies, witchcraft, you know, yeah. but not to the extreme, which frankly could make it a little more dangerous because it's not as obviously right. evil. It's still know? a cult. Yeah. And they deny being, they don't want to be called a cult, but I said occult. But it's you're still a cult. It's cultish. There's nothing wrong. I mean, the Jewish. We talk about the the temple cult. You know, the rituals and stuff. So I mean, mm-hmm. just using it in in the most basic term. Yeah. Um, but occult has a specific meaning, and uh, Wicca is clearly in in that occultish yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. You know. 
So yeah, and like you know, the thing about it is, I was telling Dr. Pritchard before when I, back in the '80s, like when when you would see, and you still see this in towns all over America. When you, in fact, just a few blocks uh, that way, there's someone like this. That that you'll the the image that people have of like people that are into divination, psychic stuff, Wicca type stuff. Not that all those things go together, but it's all in the same neighborhood, right? And you would see like this uh, this sign that says. Um, that Madam so-and-so is going to tell you how to have money, love, and be beautiful. And you drive past the house, and the trailer is half-fallen over. The grass is patchy and grown up, and nobody's cared for it. And there's a dog walking through with three tumors hanging off of him that nobody loves. And they're going to, she's going to tell you how to have money. And you go inside, and she's going to tell you how to be healthy. And she looks like she weighs 350 pounds with one tooth in her head and no, and hasn't you know had a man in 20 years. You right. know? And she's going to tell you how to... Th- th- but that, she's vegan, so- Right. She's healthy, apparently. That, okay, so what we want to say is the dark witchcraft over here and the local nice lady but who is a psychic over here and then the Wicca over here, the best way I can think of this is, yeah, you're not all the same, but you all live in the same neighborhood. I mean, metaphorically speaking, you all live in the same neighborhood. And the Wicca people... That, that are kind of trendy and all that, they may live in the nicest little they flats do, and they on have that neighborhood. The, nowadays, they have their Wicca shops where you yeah. can go buy their trinkets and... and trendy prob- stuff for your house that's Wicca. Yeah, and, prob- and probably just flavored water bottles that look like potion-y stuff that they've marketed now that people will buy. And but you're all still in... Not that... I mean, look, we're, we're no better. Lifeway exists, and we have to acknowledge <laughs> that. So, no, we're not we're not saying we're better in, in kids. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I told you this. I was so happy that I went to our local bookstore, yeah. the one that you showed me, and Dylan Simmons was That's in there. That's a used bookstore. Okay, but Dylan Simmons was in there, but it's huge, and it's better than the others, right? It's and, better than... And, it's the best and, and Dylan And Dylan and, Simmons was like in there when I went in, yeah. uh, and he was like... Hey, guess what I found? Come check this out. And he took me back there. One of my books was back there for sale for really? four fifty. Yeah, which book? It was Blinding Lights. Really, the <laughs> yeah. one you, you don't. The one want that to... I disaffirm and just took off the market. By the way, as of this video, if you ever wish to have a copy of Blinding Lights, buy it now because at the end of the month, it's going to be gone forever. And I, I love it. He's worried about one little thing in there that he could easily fix. And then he's worried about, he sounds more like me than he does like him in that book. But it naturally is one of my, I was like, yeah, this was back when he was young and full it's of the Braxton vigor. Prime. And he, yeah, and he, yeah. And he, and he had, um, he had an edge to it and it was, it was great. And then, you know. And now, now I just do the boring stuff, right? <laughs> um, uh, and your your sermons on evolution back in the day. That oh, man. Play for, man. I did. Throwers, I, did. I mean, flamethrower Baptist, vintage Baptist flamethrower yeah. sermons. Uh, yeah. It was I, wonderful. And then... And you know, when I read it, I'm like, this is pretty good stuff. Yeah, it is know? good stuff. <laughs> but yeah. anyway... Uh, you got to get him back to that. But to get like, back to... They all live in the same neighborhood, divination neighborhood or whatever. Right. Uh, divination developments. But yeah, you may have the coolest house on that neighborhood and you may not yeah. want to identify with those weird people, but you're still in the same neighborhood if you're a Wicca. Yeah. Right. So um, this is relevant. Uh, one thing that I had in my Angels and Demons class that comes from that neighborhood is uh, from a Clinton E. Arnold's Powers of Darkness, Principalities and Powers. Great work by a Calvinist scholar. Incredible work here on this issue, on demonology and stuff, and then this cult stuff. And he says, quote, A Los Angeles Times poll revealed that more women in West Los Angeles are consulting channelers, and si- channelers than psychologists or counselors. In other words, there's more people 
in Los, West Los Angeles going to occult type, spiritualist type stuff than they are going to like people train like normal people trained to, to help them, <laughs> you know? So this is a relevant, relevant thing. Um, I don't know where you want to go from here on this. Uh, I can go somewhere. Yeah, I made the list and sent it to you. I don't have. Oh, I have a box did. in front of me. I don't have a laptop to consult notes. Oh, Wicca stuff. You titled Wicca it Wicca stuff. stuff. Yes. And okay. It's it's my twenty minutes of research. Uh, but you can read whatever you want to first about because because this all comes from in our worldview. It comes from a source. We can actually ground Wicca. Better than Wiccans can. Okay, so I'm doing something akin to a high wire act right here because I'm yeah. I'm, I'm juggling two lists, my list and your list, yeah. and your list isn't opening very well at the moment, but um, but it'll get there. And while it gets there, yeah, uh, this stuff goes back. You know, the Bible is very relevant for this because uh, this sort of thing was going on in the Bible. Like I said already, in the Mediterranean world, uh, Egyptians, Jews, Greeks, they were all doing this stuff. Jews wore little. Uh, we found this. Archaeological discoveries have unearthed little uh, trinkets, crystal-type things, and stones with uh, Jewish symbolism on there, but that were used for uh, what we would now, again, call New Agey-type stuff. Um, according to uh, Edwin Yamachi uh, in the book Magic in the Biblical World, uh, Tyndale Bulletin, let's see, he says, quote, There can be no doubt that both the Old and the New Testament were born in environments permeated with magical beliefs and practices. Uh, though the Old Testament condemned the heathen practices of magic and divination, this did not prevent some Jews from making illicit use of such measures. Any more than the prophets, fulminations kept the Israelites from idolatry. Magic was a pragmatic matter which had an ecumenical appeal. The same spells could be used with minor changes by people from different religious backgrounds. So everybody was doing this, and God wasn't happy about it. Um, in fact, I'll give you some biblical data real quick. First uh, Chronicles ten thirteen. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance. Okay, so there's something like this uh, seen as a bad thing. First Samuel fifteen twenty three. Uh, for rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. So divination is uh, made synonymous with idolatry. First uh, Samuel twenty two three. Which 3, is prominent and wicked too. Stay with me, don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You will be okay. That's I don't know why I have that in there. Second Chronicles thirty three six. He sacrificed his children in the fire. The valley of Ben Hinnom practiced divination and witchcraft, sought omens and consulted mediums and spiritists. Okay, this covers everything. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. Okay, so it lists all these things. Says this was evil in the eyes of the Lord and aroused God's anger. And there's just a multitude of these. Let's go to the New Testament. Um, Galatians 5, 19 through 20, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred. Okay, so it lists this in the same breath as sexual immorality, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. These are all bad things that God doesn't like. Um, uh, let's see, my, uh, let's, Acts 19. Okay, we'll get to some of these later, actually. I want to save some of these because we'll get more specific later. But the, the point is, Old Testament and New Testament of the Bible says this is bad stuff. You want to stay right. away from this. And as we're going to argue later, uh, demonic stuff is behind it. Yes. it's all. See, this is the difference that I've found with my scant research. But I listen to the gurus and everything else in these videos, and there's... Christianity can give an account for why this stuff exists. We can, we can give an ontological basis for why it's there. 
because we have a supernaturalist worldview, we have demonic forces who are in a spirit realm that also participate and interact with creation, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like the uh, Homer's epics and all forms of paganism since, you can't rationalize any of it. Um, you can't ground any of it, and it's all chaos. It's not... See, everything that you want, you know, to, you want a defensible worldview, mm-hmm. But Wiccans cannot provide one. Mm-hmm. So uh, Christianity can actually give a better account for why, if anything that they do actually works, why it works. Yeah, this is really the apologetic answer that we both want to give to this is yeah. it's not that there's anything necessarily contradictory about what you're saying is happening. We actually affirm. By the way, this is the same answer we want to give to Mormons who claim that they have a burning in their bosom. I've watched Christian apologists argue with Mormons and say, no, you're not experiencing some burning in the bosom. That's just your imagination. Or indigestion. And, and in, some, indigestion. in some cases, it might be uh, indigestion. indigestion uh, bosomy indigestion. Well, I want to sell bosom buddies to, to <laughs> yeah. Mormon. When you get that burning yeah. in your bosom, here is bosom buddies. They're kind of like and acids. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. take these. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly. And it will completely eliminate that feeling and you'll realize that it's not from God, it's from the nachos you ate. That is a live possibility. Right. But the answer that I think you should give is, I don't know what you experienced. I don't know if that was real. But guess what? We're not saying what you experienced was not real. What we're well, saying I'll is... I'll say that a lot of it could not be real. Well, as you said, I don't know what you're experiencing right. and I don't know what's causing that, but we're not saying it's necessarily not real. It may be real what you're experiencing when you have that burning in the bosom. You may be in a- actually experiencing something spiritual, but not everything that's spiritual it's is good. good. Right. And so I think we make a mistake in talking to uh, Mormons or when, when in talking about Muhammad in Islam, about what he experienced in the cave and all that. I mean, people in his own day were like, okay, you, we're not saying you didn't experience something. What did you experience, right? That, that's the thing. What is the nature of that experience? I'm not denying you had an experience. I don't know what the right. content of it was. And the same thing with Wiccans. When you claim that you experience, that you did some spell or something, or you did whatever weird tea you did, or whatever it was, or you did some tarot cards, that, or whatever it is, it actually seemed like it did tell you something. We're not saying that is impossible. We're actually saying we have a worldview, as Dr. Pritchard was trying to say, that undergirds that, but says that ain't right. That's like some, that right. could be and some then demonic when you stuff. You try to undergird it. I can pick it apart in minutes. I mean, and make you realize that. Yeah, what's you your can't... worldview basis for this? Right. Well, because it's interesting, because there's no consensus. There's some certain things. Um, Do you want to read this stuff that you wrote? No, you can read my stuff. Okay. Stats about Wicca. Yeah. We have. Interacting with the world on many levels, spiritual, natural, emotional, and right. magical. And that is like one of the, the aims. Where is that from? Is that from the top or the bottom? Top. Yeah, that's one of the aims, the overarching principles, one of their aims. Now, they've got... Are they saying like, you do, we don't believe you just interact with the world naturally, like the naturalists would say. Right. We say they're spiritually, emotional, and magical. Right, and there's no, there's no, there's no, even the atheists and agnostics that participate in Wicca, there's no consistent Wiccan that can be a metaphysical naturalist. And these atheists who do not believe in the god or gods, because in, in some Wiccas they have the god and the goddess as the two, well, they have that, they have something kind of like the force or the prime mover. And then you have the main god and the goddess. And then you have a bunch of other gods, the god of hunting, the god of sex, the god of love, the god of this, the god of that. 
Um, so there's so a polytheism. You can be polytheistic. You can just be duotheistic. You can be atheistic and agnostic and reject those and make those metaphors. But if anything is to work, it still has to be somewhat supernatural because they'll still refer to them as gods. Okay. But they'll call. So there's a diversity of belief in Wicca because they're more about experience than they are about theology. And this is, for some people, lack of theology is a selling point when you highlight experience. Uh, but you need both because theology can help you interpret experiences. And without a set theology, and Wicca doesn't have one, you can make up anything you want and somebody will just believe it and you have no way of verifying. There's no falsification. Right. And by no... which we mean you're giving us a way to, if you're wrong, to demonstrate that this is false. Right. Christianity right. will give you a way. Yeah. You can demonstrate Christianity is well, false if it's false. You can demonstrate it historically false. false. You can demonstrate it theologically false if someone makes a theologically uh, uh, undergirded claim that can't be supported in Scripture. So we can actually just check within our worldview for consistency well, I, and against For, for new viewers, views. let me clarify what yeah. I mean by falsification with Christianity. Christianity is not false, and it will never be demonstrated to be false. But we are willing to say, if it were false, here's how you show that. Produce the bones of Jesus, <laughs> for right. one thing. Uh, show that there's something incoherent in the nature of God so described by Christian theists or something else. You know, but it, Showing something that about our view that is impossible right. because of X. Historically, that would be show that the resurrection. Right, we didn't say happen. that's why apologetics yeah. exists. We say bring it on, and we'll we'll not. Yeah. We, you know, we destroy arguments and every high-minded thing raised up against knowledge of God. That's what, okay. Right. You also have esoteric do. mystery religion interconnection with the divine. Right. So everything is divine that's living. This I don't, is kind of like some Eastern type. Yeah, thing. it is. Yeah, but it's yeah, kind of. I mean, they, they it's cherry picked, but they, they there is a sense in which. Pantheism or panentheism is part can be part of it too. Um, so even if you're an atheist who don't believe in the personal existence of any gods, you can still believe, as an atheist saying, I don't believe in the existence of gods, can still believe that I believe in a different sort of metaphysic of spirit that embeds all of the created cosmos or, or whatever. So that's how atheists and agnostics would understand this as well, because they would... Just say everything's divine, so then you don't have to believe in God's God. You're just using divine as a term in the sense of elevated from the mundane. Gotcha. You know. Okay. And so it's very bigoted towards rocks. It's very bigoted towards... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you also got on here, affirms divinity of all living things. You just yes. kind of covered that. Right. Has goddess deism, monotheism, duotheism, you already talked about this, yeah. and polytheism mixtures. Some Wiccans are atheists. You talked about all this. Yeah. Uh, follow the follows the seasonal wheel of the year, and in addition to the festivals, the practices and rituals are essentially variegated. Yeah, there's no consistent worldview. They, they, they okay, they've got a calendar, um, you know, and they'll start. They've got the solstice festivals and Yule and and whatever. I can't remember what they called Halloween, but they called it something else. But anyway, they have their seasonal festivals and all this kind of stuff. That's kind of shared uh, wheel of the year that they okay. follow. Um, they, they don't have any sacred text, but everyone will keep their own book of shadows, which is basically diaries and journals and whatever, things that they've done, and maybe they pass those along. Maybe they don't. Um, maybe they bury them in a shoebox in the backyard. Who cares? But, I mean, they, they, there's, no, there's no thing. Like Southern Baptists and other Baptists, they believe in the autonomy of the local coven, so there's no... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so dear. so there's no there's so any 
And, yeah, I know. I, I had to throw just the thinking there. of the local church as a coven yeah. is what's funny about no, that. No, that's what I mean. Every coven is autonomous. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like you can impose anything on on any other coven. Right. And not that they have anything to impose. They just have ideas. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but okay. Uh, there's no structure or hierarchy. You maybe already covered this, yeah. but most spells and potions are natural medicines, ethical results, and such. Right. I mean, it's really just you know. Herbal tea with uh, a widely inconsistent world. Are these people often pot smokers? I'm not trying to like poison the well, but oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I'm that... thinking of some hippies here. That's what is that wrong to have in my mind? Like like younger 21st century hippies. Hippies are golf kids or whatever you know, and that just or. You know, the older they get, the more. The I mean, less, I've the, seen them. No, I've talked when you with watch them. the videos. The older they get, the more bright and colory they, they wear hippie stuff. The younger yeah. ones will either dress very metropolitan or they'll dress in black. Well, know? I... Okay. Um, so I'm a we bit, are actually right? responding to a video yeah. in this episode like we usually well, do. Well, there's two or three, the but the main up. one that we're responding to is one that was in, produced by Teen Vogue, which is a... And it has, you know, tons and tons of views. Okay. Right? So we'll link that in the show notes so you yeah. can see what we're talking about and what specifically we're responding to. But but I watched other videos to try to get a sense of some of the reasons why. Because it, it, most of the videos, when you type into YouTube, Wicca, what are you going to get? And besides a couple of older Caucasian ladies, you're going to get a lot of young, uh, you know, attractive women who talk about their life as why they became Wiccans. And then you find some of the same people or similar types of people that you would find in this Teen Vogue thing. So. Okay. Um, I'm also thinking of my English teacher in college my freshman year. She looked like that type of, you know, like a holdover from the 60s who probably was into Wicca and stuff. And Anyway, um, harm none sums up their rules. So that's kind of yeah. a Buddhist type belief that yeah. don't harm anything. Of course, then you want to know, like, because they're wanting to say everything is divine. Like I'm saying, do you not swat mosquitoes? And if you are, then we've got a contradiction in your worldview because <laughs> you just killed something that has that same value as a human being. Or for that matter, stepping on a blade of grass or whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's um, very interesting. You walked on grass. You probably picked some sort of Oh yeah, you gotta have all the flowers and stuff, and yeah. your, for your spell stuff, and yeah. you know, I mean, just bigotry everywhere. Yeah, like why are you so bigoted that grass is not as important as mosquitoes or people? You know, right. <laughs> you and, know? Uh, yeah, we're being we're, a little facetious, but I mean, come on, these are the kind of worldviews that do fall apart pretty pretty quickly. Okay, so you've got three hundred and forty-two thousand Wiccans in the United States and eight hundred thousand in the world. Now, is that like including, or maybe you don't know, but is that including like? All the different kinds of witches, or is that just Wiccans? That's just Wiccans. Um, they make a distinction between witchcraft in general and then those who follow this Wiccan thing, whatever. So the Wiccans will say, we're, yeah, we're witches, but we're not like those witches right. across the railroad tracks. Right. We're not like those. But again, you're still in divination neighborhood, right? That's the, that's the and point. And witchcraft. Here. I mean, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Now let me cover some other, now we're going to get now to the why I'm a Wiccan section, which is kind of the point of these why I'm a episodes. But um, before we do that real quick, let me just point out some other interesting stuff. We talked about some of the biblical data, um, but spells and things like that, like they say they're doing harmless spells and that sort of thing. I was in a church uh, a couple of years ago. It was actually Paul Cooper's church. Um, our friend, uh, friend been on the show before and he was, we had, there was a guy that became a Christian there while I was there. And he said, now I've been a Wicca and I go through my house. Like when I feel like there's a bad feeling in the house and I go through with this, uh, 
like he had some kind of a, a weed of some sort and, and or flowers and different oils and stuff. So I had to go through my house and I wave that stuff around and all that. Should I still continue doing that? And I said, look, that if it's any remnant of that life, I'd let that go. You know, right. get, get rid of that stuff. Um, but they do spells and stuff. Well, this spell business does go back really far. In fact, um, uh, again, from the book, uh, Prince and uh, uh, the Powers of Darkness uh, by Clinton Arnold. He has a couple of these spells in here. Now, this is just kind of fun. If you want to hear about a spell that was going on in the first century world, uh, here is a Greek spell. But again, these things kind of crossed cultures at that time. Right. Um, so here's a love spell. Uh, see if this gets you feeling romantic. I adjure all ghosts, or Greeks would say demons, in this place to come to the assistance of this ghost. Raise yourself up for me from the repose that keeps you and go out into every district and every quarter and every house and every shop and drive spellbind matrona. Or these are names that you could that you could put in. You know, fill in your own names. I mean, don't do this, but if you were this kind of person, fill in your own names. That she, Matrona, that she may not have intercourse, and then it lists several types of intercourse. I won't go into those. We'll keep it PG-rated here. With anyone else, nor be able to go with any other man than Theodorus, and never let Matrona be able to endure or be healthy or find sleep night or day without Theodorus. So there's a nice... Uh, spell that um, hope sh- hopefully she won't be messing around with anybody else. And if she does, she won't be happy and she won't be happy unless she's with me. Okay. Not creepy in the least. And then here's a harmful spell. The harmful spell is supreme angels. Just as this frog drips with blood and dries up. So also all the body of him, a space to insert the name of the victim, whom a space to insert the name of the victim's mother bore because I can, I conjure you who are in command of fire, Muskello, whatever that is. Okay, so you've got these uh, interesting, weird, and here's how you might uh, handle one of these spells. Here's how you might, uh, uh, here's what you might do. Here's a recipe of sorts. Quote, take a, a lead lamella, thin metal plate, and inscribe with a bronze stylus the following names and the figurine depicted in the papyri text. And after smearing it with blood from a bat... Roll up the lamella in the usual fashion. You know, you're always the way that you normally roll up a lamella, right? Uh, you you want to roll that up, cut open a frog, and put it into its stomach. After stitching it up with the Anubian thread and a bronze needle, hang it up on the reed on a reed from your property by means of hairs from the tip of the tail of a black ox at the east of the property near the rising sun. So that's what you want to do. You want to get this frog, cut it open, write something on this sheet of metal, roll it up, put it inside the frog, stitch it back up, hang it from an ox hair uh, on your property. This is the kind of weird stuff we're talking about. Now, obviously, this is a long time ago, and this is really creepy stuff. But some of these like spells and things and little incantations involve stuff that's just not all that far off from this level of weirdness. Right. Even today. Right. So, you know, there's something interesting to talk about. And before we move on, one last thing we could talk about is in Acts 19, 11 through 20. Um, this is where, well, I'll just read it. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that the handkerchiefs or aprons, this would be a good opportunity for you to talk a little bit about what you wanted to talk about. But so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. All right. You want to talk well, about I mean, Christian yeah, spells yeah, yeah, here? I mean, a, w- a Wiccan could say, see, he's using stuff. Yeah. 
to, to mediate. Jesus spit in the dirt, rubbed his spittle in the dirt, and, and well, Paula White, man. Paula White will probably send me one of these handkerchiefs right now. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and I can think of in Jewish uh, folk literature from the Second Temple period. Uh, you can find this in the Apocrypha Tobit, um, where uh, Tobias schemes with Raphael, and they they want to get rid of Asmodeus. And so they burn some fish guts or whatever, and that's supposed to ward off the demon who's been killing all of Sarah's suitors. So, you know, you can say, well, look, they're using little spells and using little stuff, fish guts or, or handkerchiefs or <clears throat> mud or whatever, earthy stuff. Right, right. Um, so you have that even for the, 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 the God's people doing that, the uh-huh. Jews and the, and the uh, uh, Jesus himself using stuff. Yeah. To, to, to cast... Yeah, so that's a criticism because you guys do yeah. the same thing. Right. Well, in addition to us saying that we have a worldview that undergirds our stuff and their stuff and just says their stuff is maybe has demonic stuff going on behind it, there's actually more. And actually, in this very passage, I think helps answer this question that you're raising. So let me pick up where I left off and we'll, we'll continue. So, but also some, this is verse 13, Acts 19, 13, but also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over uh, those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, quote, I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? That's just so like wild west of these demons, you know. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Many also, now here's the key element I really want you to pay attention to, many also of those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices, and many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone, and they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. Now, here's what I want to say about this. Yes, it's true that Jesus uh, used mud on one occasion with the blind man. And we don't consider Tobit to be canonical. Right, that's not canonical, but it's worth mentioning. Yeah. But I mean, these were considered good faithful Jews, right? But the point is, there were actually Jewish exorcists um, previous to to the time of Christ. There, there There were Jewish exorcists. And what we know from archaeology, and again, I encourage you to pick up this great book we've been having a conversation with here on uh, Powers of Darkness that originally I think Dr. Pritchett might have recommended to me. Mm-hmm. But that, that'll go into this. There's been enough archaeological discoveries and, and writings from the time that we now have reason to believe that these Jews were used to exorcism-type practices, but they used amulets and they used magic books right. and they and used it, it these kind of things. And it wasn't weird for Luke to talk about Simon the sorcerer and include right. that little. I mean, this was you know nothing new. Here. But what was impressive, and this this helps you understand the Gospels in an incredible way, because what blew people's minds was. Yeah, don't focus too much on the time when Jesus used mud. There was other good reason for him to do that. The, 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 yeah, the lady touched his robe and was healed. Right. The, the point is, what was amazing about Jesus that nobody really understood is this dude, he, this, he doesn't even like have an amulet. Like He's not got any magic books. Right. He's just doing it. And sometimes from a different city, he's just 
doing it. It's amazing. Yeah. Where the Jews didn't have so much of a concept of that. Right. So when he's healing people from a city away or, or, or quite some distance, you'll go back and you'll find, you know, your daughter's healed or yeah. whatever. Um, what you have is the non-necessity of using mud. Or mm-hmm. using handkerchiefs, or you know, just his robe. There was no healing power in the robe, right? For the woman with the issue of blood, there, there, there's nothing inherent about combining any sort of ingredients or formulas to cast a spell for this. Right. Uh, a lot of it was to illustrate something else, right? It wasn't necessarily like, okay, so we're going to write this down. If we spit on some dirt and rub it on a blind man's eyes, that's going to work too. It will right. work, provided that you are also the son of God come to die for the sin of the world. Right. You know, then it'll work. If you can make that happen, it'll yeah. work. <laughs> but but it's not, that they're not giving you ingredients, they're not giving you formulas. Those items are not necessary mm-hmm. for the miracle to occur. Even when, you know, it's not just Jesus, but the apostles or whoever else. Sure. Um, they're not necessary. They're they're just part of the narrative to to, to point to different things. Uh, so the lady she believed enough in Jesus that even catching something attached to him was sufficient. Not because she believed in the robe, but because she believed in him. Yeah, it was her faith, and God responded right, to that. Right. It has nothing to do with what mm-hmm. Jesus was wearing. Right. So it's. it's that kind of thing. So that's a key difference. If somebody wants to say, "Yeah, well, they're spitting in mud and they're, you know, using handkerchiefs right. and whatever else." Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is Dr. Pritchett's work. He has recorded for us the "Why I'm a Wiccan" list from what what he could see. I watched the video once and I did, I wasn't able to really glean because I just quickly watched it and I thought, "Hey, if Pritchett's all excited about Wiccans today, he can list these." And so I'm he totally has. not excited about uh, Wiccans. <laughs> um, we needed a show, yeah. and you hadn't done any prep, and I think you didn't do prep for a reason, because I've been saying about how little effort I put into this, so I was thinking you were yeah. hoping that so I this would is put your, some effort. Yeah, this yeah. is your effort. Okay, so you put down here, one reason they seem to give in the video, and we link the video. Is this all from the same video or different videos? Most of it's from one, but then I'll... We'll put the primary one yeah. in the show and notes. and there's some other things that, yeah. Okay, we'll put the primary video in the show notes. But um, ability to relate, this is one reason why I'm a Wiccan, they say. Ability to relate to the divine principles or gods... Love, hope, sex, hunting. Well, there's nature, a God for everything, like we talked about earlier. They have a God. They have, they have the prime mover. Like mm-hmm. if you were to take all of it, you'd have the prime mover. You'd have the God and the God, the goddess, the two main um, duo theistic gods, and then you also have some lesser under gods. Sure. Uh, for hunting, for they believe in one creator reason. God or is it well, pantheism? A, or well, a, a I mean, there's a, they don't. It's it's hard to nail it down. Right. It's jello. You can't stick it to a wall. But yeah. if you were to just look at an overview, what is a, you know, you've got the the one prime mover. Mm-hmm. Then you have the two main gods beneath that. Okay. And then you have all these the god. The of prime mover god. is in this. It's essentially like just like the Greek pantheon. They have a god for but, everything. But this this god top sun, this top level is an impersonal force kind to of to some. Okay. To some, it's a metaphor. To some, it's a deistic Yeah, because there are thing. Christians who buy into a lot of this stuff, too, yeah. who would say, no, 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 it's God, and it's Jesus, and there's angels and all that, but there's also all this other stuff, right? When, you, when I go through the angels and demons class, there's a lot of New Age 
taking of you know in, within Christianity. Right. But, I, but but essentially, once you get past the prime mover and the, the main god and goddess of whatever, you got a bunch of you've got like the Greek pantheon. You've got a god or a goddess for this, that, and the other. If that's kind of what you buy into, sometimes you might buy into some and not others. Sometimes you buy into none of it. You know, some, and all th- metaphor, some metaphor, none. Met- you and know. again, like here's the thing: if you're a person who's into Wicca and it's just kind of a thing that you think is cool. Uh, be careful because you may not take seriously what we're saying to you, but the reason this is important enough for two seminary professors to do a podcast about is because we actually think you're delving into something that might be real. And the thing is, there, it's not that there's a God of love and a God of hope and a God of sex, separate gods like that. It's that there really are, and I know this sounds so crazy to people, but if you're in this movement, it shouldn't sound crazy to you. It's just a shifting, but there are demonic forces. <laughs> <laughs> at work that uh, are manipulating the the, the proper understanding yeah, and of love and ideas. hope and yeah. yeah yeah so we again we grant yeah. what you're doing we don't think your under your worldview undergirds it ours does and it says you're doing it wrong right right okay your second reason is experience and mystery over theology what is this like I'd rather not know the answers kind of thing <laughs> well yeah because <laughs> I mean when when you get into this like I, you know. And you're trying to get a sense of, I mean, I can read a creed or a statement of faith. Now, somebody's going to say, well, you Christians don't all agree on the same thing. Uh, no, that's actually not true. Uh, we, we all agree on the Nicene Creed. We all agree on the Apostles' Creed. And we all agree on the Athanasian Creed. Now, are there various views within that? Yes. But, um, Wiccans, you don't even have a creed or a sacred text that, that, we, that you are obligated to. So even if you're Catholic or Orthodox... Um, you still have scripture and you, and you have tradition. If, if you're in a Protestant kind of tradition where we all just quit trying to be taller, man, it never happened. Not sitting down. Well, all we have to do is stand up. Right. But <laughs> no, this is my time to be taller. Okay, fine. Okay. Give me your experience and mystery. And, right. And... So, so Christians, while we have different beliefs on secondary and tertiary matters, and some people would say even primary matters, there's still a creed and a confession and a scripture and a If you're recognizably yeah. Christian, there are certain things you believe. Right, you have to believe. Yeah. So unlike this, where there's almost nothing, but they're, they're almost like, well, hooray, we, we trumpet experience and mystery, Yeah. Which, which translates into practice when I listen to some of these videos, is we just make stuff up and it's fine. <laughs> you know? It's Dungeons and Dragons, but real. Right. <laughs> yeah. And less okay. cool than Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Then you have, you have, well, I was going to say something about that. Like experience and mystery over theology. The thing is, is theology real? I, because wh- what if I... Depends my, on the kind of Wiccan you are. But what if I, what if my, somebody told me, I, I met a doctor at a coffee shop and maybe he said, you know, from the way you, like the, my dad, he had a heart problem at one time and some doctor was able to tell by looking at his hands, the blood flow wasn't right or something. What if I said to the doctor, you know what? I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I'd rather prefer mystery and experience over uh, medicine. Uh, the doctor is going to say, "That's you'll experience something. You'll experience a heart attack and die, <laughs> right. right? And what we're talking about here is no less real and much more serious than a right. heart attack. Right, so, so uh, all good Wesleyans will say, well, Scripture is premier's primary, right? But you also have reason, experience, and tradition as mm-hmm. lesser authorities for the Wesleyan quadrilateral. So, and I'm on board with that, personally. And I, I'm not opposed, and, and Christianity has its mysteries. So I understand the romanticism about that, but I yeah. don't understand why that would ever be elevated over theology, because theology gives you a way of interpreting 
the mysteries right. and the experiences. And you can tell genuine experiences from things you made up in your head or from things of the world or the devil by comparing it to Scripture and theology. Right. So that, to me, is a reckless approach to a belief system, regardless of your belief system. Gotcha. To have absolutely no controls like Scripture and 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 even in some cases creed or tradition to temper your experience and, and help you interpret your experience. Okay, so the next thing you have on the list is a sense of hope. I, I don't know what sense of hope they think their position has when, from what you're telling me, there's no obvious eschatology. What is, yeah, no... and what is utterly ridiculous about this, and I'm sorry it is ridiculous, that this is a movement that largely came out of the 20th century, which was the worst most violent well, century. Not, not to contradict what we've said, it borrowed from things that go all the way back. Right. But well, we talked this about that iteration but of This it. iteration comes from the 20th yeah. century, which was the most violent and, and destructive century in human history. And they want to believe that mankind is ultimately good and mm. all living things are ultimately good. That mm. is a ridiculous... You don't believe that? No. Okay. <laughs> um uh, what was it, Joe Myra said? Radical sinfulness is a good way yeah, to, yeah, to discuss yeah. what yeah. the world is like and what humans are like. Yeah. And, and and Romans 1 gives us this. I mean, this, this yeah, falls I right say universal the, sinfulness. Yeah. Right, universal sinfulness. The I, there is, your hope cannot be in fallen human beings. Your hope cannot even be in, in Christians who are undergoing sanctification in this life. Your hope has got to be in Christ. Your hope has got to be in God. That your hope has got to be in what the Holy Spirit can accomplish before the eschaton, because there is absolutely no reason and there's no empirical evidence for any hope in humankind at all. And for 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 this kind of thing for, to see the good and everything, not saying that there isn't good. We believe in the common grace. We believe that the the image of God is an intrinsic good. We don't call good evil, and we don't call evil good. We call good good, and we call evil evil, so we don't fall into the woe of the devil. But, or Isaiah's woe, you know, um, which is a trick. You don't want to get there. But at the same time, you cannot neglect the evil. And if you do, you have misplaced your hope because 100% of the evidence is against you. You are having an unrealistic hope. Yeah. Whereas an eschatological outlook for the future, because of the historical evidence that Christ has been risen from the dead, which, I mean, Easter's coming up, so that's like the centrality of... It's uh, our Super Bowl. Right. And, <laughs> exactly. And, and that yeah. is a grounding for hope for the future that is unassailable compared to, in, in comparison to this, which is, well, I think people are in life is intrinsically good. What kind of life? Why? I can say life is intrinsically good because everyone is created in the image of God. And even though they've defaced it with sin and wickedness and, and living in opposition to God's uh, intents for creation, I can still say I know why there's some good, why sin is radically sinful but not so wicked that it can diminish all good. But because I think, you know, that's just good theology. But at the same time, there's no... Because of the radical sinfulness of human beings, you cannot, there's no hope in walking around the streets of Evansville and saying, given myself and everyone else, this will turn out okay on its own. Right, right. Yeah, there's, no, there's no evidence right. for that in all of human history. I agree. I agree. Okay, so the sense of hope that you, ha that you want 
is not found in a worldview without uh, a good end game. <laughs> your your sense of hope is well. Found... I mean, they'll say, well, there's reincarnation. Some of them will say, some of them will say, you know, you go into well, some go back and listen to our Hindu episode. Yeah, that. but yeah, ultimately, yeah. your your sense of hope is best found in Christianity. Yes. All right. Uh, a they... falsifiable faith that is grounded in a historical event that we can look forward to because we've placed our trust in Jesus. All right. Now, let me tackle this one, and then you tell me what you've thought about with it. You have here that they think they're independent thinkers, or they get to be independent thinkers or something. You know, the thing about this that I always think is so interesting is it's kind of like people that are outspoken against Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, they act like they're the minority because Trump won the election. They're yeah, the marginalized but and all 65, that. But like, what, almost 7 or 8 million more people voted for Hillary than Trump? Right, and, so. but, but not only that, it's yeah. also the, the, the fact that, like, first of all, a lot of the people that voted for Trump felt like, like they weren't really happy about having to vote for Trump. Right. Some people are proud to have voted for Trump. Yeah. But, the, but the bottom line is, you're the, among people that they're talking to, which is like, uh, you know, younger liberal type, you know, mindset. They act like they're really taking a stand. Like I'm an independent thinker because I'm not for Trump. No, you're not. You're at the very least, it's fifty fifty. But you're really just kind of parroting the thing that we would expect you. To, like this is exactly what we would expect you to say. There's a lot of people that feel exactly like you about this. You're not right. standing it's, out. Yeah, it's the same people who said I'm an independent thinker because I didn't vote for Obama. Right, right. You can you can play that game. Right. Everyone can play this game and almost nobody's in And beyond which, even among Wiccans, like, is that really, are you really being an independent thinker to be Wiccans? No, you said there's, there's 342,000 Wiccans in the United States alone. You're not, you're not, you're not, I mean, that may be a minority, but you're not like, uh, you can be just as much an, in fact, it's turning this way that to actually say, not only am I a Christian, I'm a Christian because I think there's really good reasons to be a Christian and to believe the truths, right. the propositional truth claims of Christianity. Now that is is more and more again becoming well, taking a stand. D- d- okay, is the adjective to me doesn't matter, right? If that's where you want to put the emphasis on, fine. I'm I'm not an independent thinker. I I, I put my I put my emphasis on the noun. I'm a thinker. So you can prove your independence, but let's see if you can think. Well, that's the thing. And, and yeah. when you come up against a guy like me, I'm going to show that you don't think. So right. That, I mean, I'm not trying to be snotty, but seriously, I could dismantle this in five minutes. Uh, well, but you're, what you're saying is being an independent thinker yeah. isn't even necessarily that important. What importance right. is, are you right? Yeah, are you correct? <laughs> is it true? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and are you a thinker? Right. Forget the independent thing. That you've had independent thoughts doesn't make you a thinker. Right, that's a good you know, point. Have you thought about your thoughts? That's you a good know, point. Okay. Um, but I could honestly care less about being considered an independent thinker. I'm just, if I'm, I, I, I prefer to think of myself as a dependent thinker. So you're not submitting to what I'm saying. You're thinking independently right now. <laughs> okay. Well, in that sense, sure. But no, I mean, I like to think of myself as a dependent thinker. Yeah. Number one, I like to think of myself as a thinker. Yeah. But number two, I'm dependent upon thinking in community with other believers. Yeah. I'm thinking in history. Until they say something stupid. Right, and then I have to Because you're an independent thinker. But I'm also thinking, <laughs> but I'm also thinking dependently on the tradition of church history and reading... No, you're not. And, yeah. If something is false that people have believed for 
1,500 years, you're happy to say, yeah, it matters to me that they believed it for 1,500 years because I want to know uh, why they believed it for yeah, but I'm not. But if their reasons are stupid, I'm going to go with what the Bible but, says. Right, but I'm not. I'm dependent stu- on I'm the Bible. Thinking, uh, yeah, I'm dependent on this the Bible This is what too. we'll do. We'll start a new denomination. It won't be the independent Baptists, because that already exists. We'll be the dependent Baptists. I'm dependent on the Bible. I'm dependent on Jesus. I'm dependent on the blood. And I'm still dependent on several <laughs> creeds, too. Because what I'm saying is, is I'm not thinking as if I'm the beginning of history and nothing that just, there's a beeline from the Bible to my brain and nothing else has transpired. No, I'm dependent upon all of that. And I weigh it um, according to scripture. You weigh it, huh? Right. Independently. In community with you and other (laughs) believers, right? We're all chasing after this thing, but I don't see... No, I got what you're saying. It's stupid to think independent thinking in and of itself is a virtue. Right. There's there's nothing about that that I I find remotely appealing. Okay. That's your personal opinion? I thought of that independently (laughs) from all other influences. Okay. All right. Uh, It's rebellious. What does that mean? Is that one of their reasons? Yeah. I like doing this because it's rebellious? It's Teen Vogue. What do you expect them to say? Oh, my gosh. That is ridiculous. Yeah. If you're a Muslim, it's rebellious to become a Christian. Right. right? What What kind of a reason is that? Or if you're a Christian, it's rebellious to become a, a Wiccan, which is what... Here's the interesting thing. They're almost all in these videos, well, I used to be Catholic or I used to be Baptist or I used to be this some kind of Christian. So there is some rebellion. This may be tipping their hand a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm not this because I think it's true. I'm this because... No, that's an interesting point. Look at this. In all of the videos I surveyed, you know what no one said? What? I am a Wiccan because I think it's true. Ah. No one ever in all the videos I watched mentioned truth as if that mattered. Yeah. Are they relativists? Or they just don't care? Well, I'm sure some are. Yeah. Um, But, you know, just epistemologically, they, they probably are. But... Um, none of them said that they, they are Wiccans because they believe it's true. None. Okay. I have not found a single... If you've this doesn't, video, deserve, this doesn't deserve yeah. enough of our time. It's rebellious. That doesn't deserve... Now, the truth thing does, because one thing that we hope that people will want to be is seekers of truth, right? Yeah. If you're not a seeker of truth, then, okay, well, then nothing I'm going to say is going to matter. But no one... Yeah. no, they didn't, even, they didn't even give me the, this is my truth stuff. Truth didn't... <laughs> so if you can find a video where some Wicca is talking about truth, please put it in the comments. No, no, no. Please, please don't do that. <laughs> well, I want to hear what they say because no one... Send it one to his Facebook it. message. Right. Messenger. But I've found no one <laughs> in these videos claim that... that no, that is a very... That is probably the most important thing that you've yeah. said on this episode. That is very powerful. But it's rebellious. Yeah, not even the old hippie ladies that you're talking about. I watched their videos too. Yeah. Um, you know, she gave us, it was, a, it was a, a Wiccan giving a speech at a Unitarian church about why she was a Wiccan. Okay. And truth. And they were all sitting there like, ah, oh, that's a good thought. Well, when the camera panned out, there was all six of them. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's rebellious is a yeah, worth our time. Yeah, Paul and Peter, I mean, Peter and uh, John were rebellious. We'd rather obey God than men. Yes, Christianity uh, was birthed out of... Peter was, uh, Paul was thrown into how many jails? Yeah. <laughs> what I more mean, do you want? Talk- yeah, but it's not rebellious anymore. You know? Okay, well then when, when being a Wicca isn't rebellious anymore, are you going to move on to something else? Right. Yeah? Okay, that's And it ridiculous. is rebellious in many parts of the world to be Christian. Yeah. Okay, now you say 
Empowering Living History of Women and Trans Feminine. Now, before you get to trans feminine, what, empowering living history of women, does this mean it's like an, a, a mostly woman-driven movement? Is that what we're talking about? Well, and another thing that they said that, yes, it's lar- there's largely now most Wiccans are women. But that's not the that's point not they're making? Well, that wasn't in the context where this stuff about okay. puts you in the touch with the empowering history of femininity or being feminine and trans feminine. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means. Is that either. a man being feminine? I have no idea what it means. I have no idea what this... When you watch the video in the show notes... You well, know, since truth doesn't matter, it means potatoes. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what it means to be a part of the empowering history of women... A feminine and trans. That's. I mean, that's basically what she said. And I was like, "What is that? I don't know what it means." Um, trans. So, if you're a real woman, you should be a Wicca. Is that? I mean, what is the? Well, no. It's just. It's a long history. I mean, it's, it's a, a long history of women being Wiccas or witches or something. Witches, like that. yes. And, witches and, and predominantly. Predominantly, there women. are men witches. They're called right. warlocks. Well, they're also called witches too. <laughs> Uh, there's men, or wizards. But, is a wizard different than a warlock? But I think what they're saying is that... The, I see, that's what I was curious about. Are they accusing all the men involved in this as being trans-feminine? Are, are these men feminine? <laughs> uh, and how does that suit you fellows, that, that all these ladies are calling you feminine? I'm not trying to you know? make fun of the movement, but... When you what, say drivel like this, it doesn't mean anything what to I've, half the people watching what your video. I, but maybe. what I've seen, what I'm picturing is... a girl, Girls wearing... I don't know why this is just what I see. There are girls wearing long like skirts all the way down to their ankle, but it's really thin material that looks wrinkled all the time. Like that's the point. And they go to the Wicca shop and, and they don't wear a perfume. They get these oils, mm-hmm. right? That, that like have a pentagram on them or something. Yeah. And they rub that oil around them and they all have this distinct smell. It's kind of like people that use those vapor devices all have that distinct vape smell. Mm-hmm. These people all have that distinct uh, pentagram oil smell and, and, and long straight hair. Yeah, and, um, and, and and the dudes are always they look like Dungeons and Dragons dudes like yeah. like we're talking about guys that that will usually have like a shirt with a you know I don't know a, a dream catcher or something and they're usually I mean they look kind of like I did as a teenager like a little bit frumpy and <laughs> and a butt cut you know what I mean when I say a butt cut yeah a butt cut you know these kind of I'm not trying to make fun of it am I wrong and this is what I'm imagining I think it, I think that you're imagining it in, in the way I Nashville. saw it growing up yes but I, know, I mean you watch these videos but they're better they're, looking now is what you're telling me a little bit more the okay. more trendy kid type okay but still with the same elements you okay know, the basic elements are there but yeah I mean come on you know they say oh we're gonna do spells to, to, to cure headaches and stuff like that you know that's what they're well if you're if you stink like patchouli and you burn sage you're gonna get a headache I mean it's I think I figured it you're out. Curing, you're curing. I think coming I, I think, up with potions to cure the headaches. I, I think I've just yourself. figured this out. When you play yeah. in the show, I become prime. I say jerk-like things because you have studied this and come to sympathize with it in some sense. No. And when it's my turn and I play in the show, which has always been the case in the past, I'm nicer and you're prime. Right. Well, I think that's I the dynamic. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I. Here's where I sympathize. Become Christians because I understand what you're after is just you're following a dead end. We love women in Christianity. Yes. We affirm the feminine. We think that women have the imago Dei just like men do. Yes, and there's a better history of women in the Judeo-Christian tradition than there are whatever uh, 
empowering here's you something here, of trans feminine yeah here's blah, blah. You, what does that even mean i don't have no idea what it means here's you here's you some feminine we did a little bit in the in the hindu episode but here's a little bit of what's great about women from the christian perspective you want a picture for feminism today in we've got a woman who took a stake and drove it through the head Hell, of a man yes, and, and, i mean and that is that yeah. is i mean look there there's your image right right what, and guess what uh you know, we don't want to lapse into Catholicism here, but Mary was a woman, and she got to cradle God in her arms, right? right? This is, this is um, I mean, Christianity is affirming of women, yes. right? Okay, um, so, uh, trans, but trans feminine, I can't help you because I'm not sure what you mean. Right. Okay, uh, tarot is a divination tool and helps reframe problems. Are we talking about tarot cards? Tarot, playing tarot cards, is that what we're talking about? Or is tarot cards? Tarot, well, I don't know. Is it what? tarot or is it tarot? I don't think it matters because truth doesn't matter. Well, it's like it's like my dad going back when we were in Arkansas, and my dad we'd go to fancy restaurants and he'd order the salmon with a glass of merlot instead so of salmon, it, right? And so and it's, merlot. <laughs> I take the salmon and some merlot. Well, okay, since you're so, the expert today, tarot cards, okay? Yeah. But is that what we're talking about? The cards, yeah. Game? The choose your own adventure card game, right? Thing? And that's basically yeah. what they say because there's really no, no. Nothing you can nail down there. Now, I have a personal testimony. It gives you a different way to think about your problems. I have a personal testimony with tarot cards. My, I was dating a girl in high school. Is it tarot or tarot? It doesn't matter. I was dating... It's tarot. I was dating a girl in high school, and a teacher in her school did tarot cards. And that teacher... And this had to be a violation of something. And she, But this girl broke up with me for this 20-year-old, and we were 15. And mm. you know why she broke up with me is because the the tarot cards lady uh, said that okay now I was the something but he got the card for the knave I think that's right and the knave meant like the playful guy that you know not serious or something like that and the, the, her idea was okay since this tarot card lady told me that that guy that, that the twenty year old he is going to be the guy that's just for fun. And Braxton's the guy that I'm like supposed to marry. And I'm not ready to get married yet. This, and she told me this. So I'm going to break up with you now, date him for a few years. And then you and I later on somewhere down the road, we'll get married because you're the one that God wants for me. And I'm like, what? I don't even know where to start with this. I don't even know where to start. So I have a personal bias against... Actually, no, I'm thankful for the Tarot cards because otherwise I'd be married to her. <laughs> hope you never see it. <laughs> so hope you do. <laughs> yeah. Tarot cards. Okay, so Tarot is a divination tool. It helps reframe problems. Right. Well, yeah, okay, it reframes problems according actually, to random imagination. Right, and whatever the dealer gives you, it's like casino, right? You, yeah. you just play in the chant, and then you make dumb life decisions. Now they're going to say no. It doesn't. It doesn't give you concrete answers. They're going to say that, but it gave this ex-girlfriend of yours everything she needed to know to think that you know dumping you was a good idea, which I'm like you. I'm glad she did because you. I wouldn't be with Sarah. Well, not only that, but we've talked about this before. But what? Uh, every day for the past couple weeks, just like last year, probably around this time, I'm scared of what you're going to say. No, I hear all of these stories about the success in missionary dating. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I heard just one today from Billy. We don't approve of missionary dating, right? But it's worked for so many people. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that you avoided that bullet. Because well, given the numbers, and you're going to hear about the ones that worked more than you are the ones that didn't work. Right. But um, I, in fact, I have here from my angels and demons class, uh, 
Angels are often adapted by New Agers. Michael, the archangel, is on the temperance tarot card. He symbolizes protection, strength, mm. balance of positive and negative energy and courage. Yeah. The adaptation of Christian angelology into New Ageism and occult practices is unfortunately widespread. Well, I mean, th- but the thing is with with Wicca is you can pick whatever you want. Yeah, and 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 they'll they'll talk about how there's things in, in Christian history and including uh, certain practices in Catholicism with uh, rosaries and things else to ward off. Bad mojo. People don't understand how serious this stuff is. Right. People think like, oh, life's whatever I make of it. No. Cancer happens. Heart attacks happen. And you know what? Just like those things are real and you don't like them, afterlife stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Judgment happens. Mm -hmm. Salvation is possible. Mm -hmm. And this kind of stuff bothers me because it's people, like you say, or I say, playing Dungeons & Dragons and then growing up and still playing Dungeons & Dragons, but they've made all the rules whatever they want it to be. And which I think you can do in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and that's kind of but but that's hey not man, life. The, the game master makes the rules. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, guess what? There is a game master, and he makes the rules, yeah. and you're not living by the rules. Yeah, I love you. All right, um, I'm just saying, and don't pick on D and know a lot of good people who play it, so we're not going to be Harry well, Potter's. Well, let me devil. tell you something. I was not allowed to do that or watch He Man when I was a kid. I'll just say that Star Wars and Smurfs raised some Star eyebrows Wars because there was Azrael and Western Games is better than Dungeons and Dragons anyway. So the, the Star old D6, Wars version, the old D six rules, not this D twenty stuff. No, I guarantee you, no one. Listening. No, I'm telling you. Knows no. what you're you talking know what the about. The Star Wars role playing <laughs> game got bad when it went to Wizards of the Coast. What is that? Is that a but, Star Wars? That's a company that published the Star Wars role playing game after oh. West End Games. And because it has the word wizard in the. Okay, name of there's it. certain geek rat holes I can go down with you, but you have gone to new depths with this. I have no idea. Maybe someone does. I hope so. My brother, because um, he played it with me. So. Okay. Uh, so the next thing you have down here is. Decolonize, decolonizing, the decolonizing, the decolonizing oneself, colonizing like colonization. You can tell I'm not taking things seriously today. Yeah, you obviously is aren't. that like colon cleansing, decolonizing oneself <laughs> and notions. Kind of, because that's what she's saying. She's got a de. She says she has to decolonize her mind from the previous belief systems that were handed, which to have her. to do with morality, gender, religion. Right, and, and she's got to return she her talking- mind state back to her pre-Christian. Right. Whatever. And that's one of her reasons. And I found this again and again, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of former Christians there. Okay. And, and the, the Wiccans, they all have their ID converted from Christianity, and I needed to decolonize my mind from uh, that that stuff that was implanted into my brain and handed to me from my parents because now I'm an independent thinker, blah, 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 blah. Gotcha. Right. goes back, ties back <clears throat> into the rebellion. It's just another way of saying it's rebellious. Okay, so then we've already responded to that. Like, I don't care. Like, yes, all this being said here is when you take on a new worldview, you've got to jettison much of the old worldview. Great. The question is, which worldview is correct? Right. Right. Okay. Um, it teaches. But no, but she. Why I became a Wiccan to decolonize myself from all of that. Right. It, it was. I don't want that. Okay. Well, again, all you're saying is I right. liked that worldview better, so I had to get rid of this worldview. Right. Okay, well, okay. But the, what matters is what's true. Right, and that's not a reason <laughs> to do anything. I like right. a lot of worldviews better than Christianity. The problem is, is they're all false and lead you to hell. It's not like I didn't want yeah. Netflix anymore, so I got Amazon Prime. No, no, no. Because neither one of those have, like, impacts on your destiny. Right. right? What matters is truth, right? Yes, I mean, it would be nice for just... Uh, what atheistic narcissism to be true, and you could just go do whatever you please. No, that would not be nice. 
Well, it, it, it might be fun if for a time. Well, if you're if you're also because I disagree with those preachers that say sin's not fun. No, it's very fun. People would not do it were it not fun. Right. Uh, but it. But the thing that old. I mean, first of all, we have a king. We want to please the king, the right. maker of all things, the sustainer of all things. And we and, and people can say that this is self-serving, or whatever. Get over it. We also want to have a meaningful and joyful uh, future beyond death. You know, I'm just saying it would be nice to be able to do whatever you want and then die. It would be nice to be able to do whatever you want and die and go to heaven. A lot of things would be nice if they just worked a certain way, right? I see the point you're but making. But what I'm saying is we don't set the the we don't we're not the game master. We don't set the right. rules. And so you want to find out what's true and live by that. I don't know how I feel about yeah. us equating God to the game master, but... He is uh, the maximally great game master. <laughs> He's the maximally great. That's The that's, greatest conceivable game that master. That goes on a t-shirt yeah. somewhere with some, like, yeah. in the Dungeons & Dragons font. Yeah. God is the maximally great game master. <laughs> Do not make that t-shirt. <laughs> don't make that t-shirt. Because that, we want to make it and well, sell it. No, that sounds actually... We did a show on stupid stuff like that. Right. Um, all right. Lastly, it teaches one to harm none, take responsibility for one's actions, okay, so you and the understand the, the world around them and live in harmony with it. Right. Well, okay, this is more of the Buddhism type stuff. But the thing is, we've already talked about that, number one. Number two, take responsibility for one's actions to whom? With respect to what? Like, I need more worldview answers. Well, see, what they're going to say is, what they're going to say is, well, we don't, we don't get to... We're not living in fear of judgment from a deity. We have to take... It's like the atheist guy who said this stuff, right? I take responsibility for the bad things that I do. I don't get to blame it on anything else. I don't get to blame it on the devil. I don't get to blame it on the God who did this, that, and the other. And so they think that that's fine. But what they don't realize is, take, like you said, take responsibility to who? Because it is the to who that gives you a standard by which you are right and wrong. But not only to whom, but also with regard to what? Because... In the absence of a framework that gives me a God and a morality and all that, then you don't need to take responsibility for anything because nothing's wrong. Nothing's right. What do you mean yeah. take responsibility? No, harming others You is, did something. Harming, harming others is wrong. Says who? Says maybe some of their gods. Oh, well, okay. But probably not all of their gods. Well, then that, see, there's just subjective again. And now it's even worse. Which one? It's not just subjective between persons or between cities, which is also subjective, but now between deities that I can't see. Right. Right? But if there's one deity who's the creator of all things, which you have great evidence for, then it makes sense. All right. It's grounded in his good nature. All right. Well, so don't be a Wicca. Is the bottom line there? There is no reason to be a Wicca. <laughs> be an environmentally conscious be, Christian. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. This one's. This is where. Okay. I think Christianity can get you all of that better than yeah. why that they're doing that. Sure. Um, What's you, true about you it? You want tradition? How about a defined tradition that's grounded in history, for one thing, and grounded in historical fact? That's. How about a worldview that can actually understand and make sense of what you're doing? whether what you're doing is actually taking effect or not. If it is taking effect, if your spells work, whatever, uh, it's demonic. We, have a, we can ontologically account for that, whereas you can't give an account for why the world is the way it is in your own worldview. Number three, you want to live in harmony with creation? We have the wisdom corpus is designed for just that. Uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, <clears throat> and Song of Songs, you know, that includes living in harmony with the created order, wisely given the fall 
And even Song of Songs throws in sex for you if, you, if you're interested in that. If that's a big deal. You get it all in the Bible. The Bible doesn't leave anything out. And you don't need spells. And you don't need spells for living in harmony and order uh, with, with creation. And here's a, here's a sad thing that this is on us Christians. Because remember, they're jumping away from Christianity for all this stuff. Don't understand Our, it at all. We have mined the joke. We have mined the wisdom corpus for theological purposes when that's probably the the most dangerous thing to do. And we haven't heeded the wisdom of the wisdom corpuses, which is what it was intended for. So I'm all about theology and I'm all about dogmatics because that gives you, like we've talked about, a way to understand propositional truth and temper your experience. Yeah. Right. But you're also all about experience. But I'm also well. No, I'm all about I'm all about biblical theology, not yeah. systematics and dogmatics, because a biblical theology that's robust is going to teach you the wisdom corpus, not to find proof text for a particular systematic, but to teach you to actually live in harmony with the creation which is his main point, given God, given Satan, given the fall, here's how to be wise and a, and, and a good steward with your life and, and to live in harmony best you can, given the fall in light of the inevitable death that's coming to you. And Christianity has sold these kids short on having an ecological outlook sure, with creation, which Christianity provides and grounds. And so when we talk about, well, you just need more apologetics. Well, no, that's just more propositionalism. You need a bigger worldview. Your worldview of Christianity cannot be the tiny thought world of dogmatics alone or apologetics alone. You've got to take the Bible in its full counsel and give you a fully orbed Christian worldview to live a fully orbed Christian life. And so when these kids are looking for rebellion or they're looking for harmony or they're looking for um, what else is it? Um, Transfeminism. Well, you're not gonna get, well, I mean, femininity. Women can discover yeah, yeah. femininity in in the biblical worldview right. for women. Uh, image of God. You don't want get better than that without having to pat yourself on the back and saying I am God because right. you're not. Um, you're a 300 pound wicked lady with uh, a trailer, as what you said. But um, but look, look, everything you want, if you want it and you don't yeah. have it, then what? What the Bible teaches is that you need to repent mm -hmm. of your sin, not because you're a bad person from a human perspective, whether you are or not. I might find you to be morally and ethically better than anyone listening to this show and myself included. But it's we're all sinners. We've all done wrong. And when we sin, we don't just sin against the planet or against some other person. We sin against a holy and everlasting God. And because of that, we all need to repent of our sins. That's I've right. repented of my sins. And uh, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect after that, but you trust Jesus and do what He says. And it's also not an easy believism where you where you, you say the right words in a prayer or an incantation or a spell, and now all of a sudden you're you've got your ticket to heaven. The, the deal is you do that, and then you're saved. But then you live for the Lord Jesus Christ because you love Him and you want to honor Him for the rest of your days. Right. It's not about finding yourself. Like a lot of this is about finding yourself. It's about yeah. denying yourself and taking up your cross and joining the march. Uh, with Jesus. And, and that, if you want something ceremonial from that perspective, uh, someone had to pay for our sins because our God is a just and loving God. And since he's just, someone had to pay for those sins. And so on behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. And as a result of that, if you uh, have trusted in him, then because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. And so uh, we invite you to do that. And if you do do that or you have more questions about it, please contact us. 
Um, you can contact us at contact at trinitysem, trinitysem.edu. By the way, I also want to say we appreciate our patrons, the people that help us and make this show possible. And uh, as of now, uh, some people don't want to be mentioned, but we've got Robert Gillier, Austin Long, William Schroeder, Billy Wendelin of the Bible mm. Rodown. Um, that one hurts because it's, you know. Well, they haven't given us a way to give to their show. Right. And if they do give us a way to give to their show and we give to their show, then what was the point? Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, Billy Wendelin, Armin Jacob Paulson, who I misspelled his name on the last episode. Forgive I tell me you for the that. point. It's not about you getting the money. It's about them in the kindness of their hearts giving. And me not losing honor and and right. getting back my honor by giving to them as well. Right. So they don't want my money, so it's okay. Um, John E. Miller Jr., Kurt Jaros, Ernest George Strauss III, and Jonah Krylo. We appreciate you all so much. And others of you that don't want to be mentioned, thank you so, so much. We couldn't do it without you. Now, if you'd like to become a student, don't, don't turn it off. Just This is what you... You that don't give, if you give, fine, turn it off. Those of you that don't <laughs> give, this is what you have to sit through. Yeah. Uh, first of all, um, this month, we're going to have an episode that is under the table that only people that give to the program are going to have access to, not because we're trying to tempt you to give, but because those that have given, we want to give them something special in return. And what we're going to give them is an episode on physicalism. Do you have a soul? Has Jonathan Pritchett lost his soul? Did he ever have one to begin with? And um, so we're going to talk about this view that some Christians hold to, that there is no such thing as the soul. And we know some of our listeners are in that category. Not that they don't have a soul, but that they don't think they have a soul. And so we're going to talk. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. You're a soul man anyway, and, brothers. And you're going to get. And you're going to get that uh, if, if for those. Of and you if that are you givers. want to learn formally how to be a fully orbed Christian, where you will learn dogmatics, you will learn the systematics, you'll learn the biblical theology, and you'll learn how to think. Christianly, you'll learn how to be a Christian in the world. You'll get a full, robust Christian worldview that does include how to live in harmony with God's creation. Come to Trinity Seminary, trinitysem.edu, fill out an evaluation form, and come on board. It's a lot of fun. If you ever think you might be interested in the future, go ahead and fill out what we call the eval form. When you go on the website, it's on the right-hand side. From your perspective, it's on the right-hand side. Um, do that, and 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 at least we'll be able to give you some information. That'd be really helpful. Um, if you want to learn informally, as you said, BraxtonHunter.com, and then the backlog of dozens and dozens of Trinity Radio episodes that we have. Both here on, on YouTube and on iTunes. In a growing number of iTunes? episodes. Uh, they can give a review on iTunes and then get it there and then yeah. give a review and we encourage you to give a review thank you to those of you that have given a review they've been very encouraging um, me and Jonathan Pritchett sometimes are on, on the edge of insanity and we read one of those reviews and I'm like hey they, somebody said something nice about us and it, it brings us back uh, to do one more episode in this case on Wicca so um, uh, that's all interesting and I feel like there was something else I was going to say but oh we just released on the YouTube channel all of our debates, debates we've had with on theological issues, debates with skeptics. Go check those out, man, and uh, spread them around. Share stuff. That helps us, too. Share stuff with people on social media, mm-hmm. on the Facebooks and And you and don't have Twitters. to share our own stuff back on our own page. You can share it on other <laughs> yeah. people's pages. Yeah. Well, it's better. I mean, some people share their own stuff on our page, and that's fine. You can feel free to do that. We'll just delete it if we don't want it there. Right. So, and um, how about one for one? If you share your stuff on our page... Show me that you shared our stuff somewhere else. And if you don't share on our page, still share. Um, All right, so thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. Thanks.